Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. So we're talking about obstacles to answered prayer. And number one, what I want you to know is that God does answer prayer. Now you may say, well, everybody knows that. No, I'm sorry. Everybody doesn't know that. And I'm one person for many years of my Christian walk had no idea that God answered prayers. I just thought you prayed and maybe something would happen and maybe it wouldn't. And you know why I felt that way because I was going on emotions and not the Word of God. I didn't have what the Bible said. And then it changed when I got knowledge. And so hopefully today you're going to receive knowledge and then some of you are going to be refreshed in that knowledge. It may not be something you don't know. You might know it, but you can be refreshed in this and receive from the Lord this morning. And, you know, I've heard people say, well, you never know. You never know what God will do. You never know if he will answer or not. Now, I believe our God is a prayer answering God. I believe that he listens to his people and he moves on their behalf. Now, I will say you've got parameters for prayer and it's the word of God. You stay within the boundaries of the word and you pray and you are assured that you will receive from the Lord. Now, that may be a bold statement, but it's a true statement. Now, you pray outside of the boundaries of the word of God, not so much. He doesn't watch over that to perform it. What does he watch over? He watches over his word to perform it. So when we get in our prayer closet and we get before the Lord and we pray the word of God over our situations, over our family, over our workplace, over our church, then we have assurance that God hears us. But I'm not just going to tell you that without any evidence. We're going to talk about evidence now. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, ask me, and this is out of the New Living, ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets. How many things are going on in your life that you don't understand, that you don't know? He said, if you call upon him, there's going to be times that he shows you remarkable secrets, these things that are hidden from the common gaze of men, but they're shown to the people of God as they call out and they pray, ask me and I will tell you, you have not because you ask not. So you have to ask. I will show you these remarkable secrets you do not know and things to come. And I will show you about things to come. Now, I love that. I love that. And I believe that when we get into that place of prayer, we pull aside with God and we're asking him for those things that we need, the things that we want, the things that we want to see happen. I believe he'll show you secrets about that. I believe those secrets could be blockages, obstacles, if you will, that stand in your way when you get in his presence. And then through that, you can overcome. And not only that, he can show you things to come, things in your future, things in the future in the body of Christ, things in the future in the church. 
God can reveal and show things. Well, God doesn't ever do that for me. Well, maybe you need to start believing that he will. Or maybe you don't, you know, people that are gossipers and all of that, God can't show you anything. He can't trust you with anything. <gasps> oh my goodness, I said it. <laughs> if the shoe fits, we have to wear it, don't we? <laughs> And then he said, I will answer you. Call to me. This is out of the message. Call to me and I will answer you and I'll tell you marvelous and marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. Have you ever thought about things, situations that you're going through, something that you're looking at, and you think, how is that ever going to be? You can't figure it out. But when you call on God, you pray and you ask God, He can show you the things that you can't figure out. He can give you a route, if you will, around the obstacle. He can reroute things in your life, but you have to listen to him. But see, I'm so glad that I can stand here this morning and tell you that God is a prayer answering God. And so when we call upon him, he meets us at that place. I'm believing for everyone that names Redemption Church as their church to have a deeper prayer walk with the Lord that we're not remaining the same. I include myself in that, that we go deeper into prayer, deeper into his revelation, deeper in knowing the things to come, deeper in understanding the, the things that loom before us and how that God wants us to move on and move out and move around that and not be stopped. Amen? All right. Things that are secrets and uh, things that are hindrances too, God can show us those things. Now, um, if you will put 1 John 3, 18 through 22 and just go consecutively as I read in the Message Bible, okay? 1 John 3, 18 through 22. Listen to this. My dear children, let's not just talk about love. Let's practice real love. See, somebody, some people talk about it, but they don't practice it. He said, don't do that. Don't be like that. This is the only way we'll, we'll know we're living truly, living in God's reality. It's also the way to shut down debilitating self-criticism, even when there is something to it. Debilitating self-criticism. That's when we're down on ourselves. And when you love people and you walk in love, it can help you overcome that, even when there is something to it. And what is he talking about? You messed up, you made a mistake, and the condemnation is there, but you can overcome that debilitating self-criticism. For God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. And friends, once that's taken care of and we're no longer accusing or condemning ourselves, that's why we don't pray many times. That's why we feel like we can't receive because we're condemning ourselves. We're bold and free before God, though. We're able to stretch our hands out and receive what we ask for because we're doing what He said doing what pleases him again. This is God's command to believe in his personally named son, Jesus Christ. He told us to love each other in line with the original command, and we keep his commands. We leave, 
live deeply and surely in him, and he lives in us. And this is how we experience his deep and abiding presence in us by the spirit he gave us. And so there's many times that we cannot receive from the Lord because we're condemning ourselves when we go to God in prayer. We're putting ourselves down. We're criticizing ourselves. Now, if you messed up and he said that is the case, you repent and you stay in the love of God and you can be in a position of receiving from the Lord. Prayers can be answered or prayers can be hindered. Your prayers can be answered. Your prayers can be hindered. So we want to find out about that. And the, you know, really when I talk about hindered, I think of this scripture in 1 Peter 3, 7 in the New Living. In the same way, you husbands, uh-oh, watch out, man, here it comes. Not much laughing to that. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wives with understanding as you live together. See, she may be weaker than you. Now, see, that really goes against everything today, doesn't it? I don't have a problem in saying I can't lift, you know, 100 pounds. I don't have any problem with that. Some people do. I'm just as good as a man. Well, yeah, you are. In, in God's sight, you are, as you will see as we read this, you're equal heirs. But we're different. Men are different. Women are different. And if you are a woman trying to be a man, that's not God's way. Or a man trying to be a woman, that is not God's way. He made us male and female. And in a marriage, it's husbands and wives. What a revelation. I mean, I have hit a home run this morning. I'm talking about husbands treating their wives right, and then I go into that. What about it? Okay. Treat her. No, I'm going to go back. Treat, uh, she may be weaker than you are, but she is your, listen to this, equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers, listen, will not be hindered. And the women clap. Well, now this is the truth, but let me tell you something. I don't, I don't want to bust any bubbles, but I know I will. It goes the same way on the other side. You disrespect and dishonor your husband and don't treat him right, and your prayers are going to be hindered. So I'm reading that scripture, and really that could, I could use that as my first obstacle, but I'm not going to, but it really is true. You've got to treat one another right in your marriage. You've got to live right. You've got to be thoughtful, caring, and loving, not hard, harsh. And because you're married, you know, it's like before you get married, it's all sweet and honey and all that kind of stuff. And then when you get married, things can change. But they don't need to. We need to continue treating one another in the way that we should because we are equal heirs in this life. And knowing that if we don't treat one another right, then your prayers can be hindered. So we can get a clue there. Not just husbands and wives either. If we don't treat our children, we don't treat our employer, our employees. If we don't treat our siblings, our parents, whatever. If we don't treat them right and we want to pray, our prayers are going to be hindered. And you can't stand back and say, well, it's God's fault. 
He didn't honor what I said. No, if you get with the Lord, he'll tell you what you've done. He'll tell you. He tells me. You quit being ugly to that husband. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> but he does tell me things. Amen. Now, obstacles threaten your progress in God. You ask God for a strategy, you pray, and he can reveal and show you hindrances that are in your lives, and you can overcome. Now, I could talk about a lot of obstacles, but today, I don't know that I'll get through with both of them, but what's on this sheet is I'm going to talk about the obstacle of strongholds in the mind and unforgiveness. Now, I, I made a list of other things that we could talk about. We can talk about the obstacle of unconfessed sin. We can talk about the obstacle of emotional wounds that, you know, our life is so torn up. We're so wrapped up in ourselves. We're so hurt, wounded that we don't, you know, we don't live right. We don't treat people right. And that can be an obstacle. And then number five, improperly relating to your spouse, which we just read that one. And number six, bitterness, a root of bitterness can get in you, and anger. Those are all things that are obstacles that stop your prayer life. So as I'm talking here today and you say these things, you know, I know I'm dealing with these things. These things are in my life. Well, do not leave this place today without dealing with it. That's what's so wonderful about the Word of God. You hear it. You understand it. You accept it. Receive it. And it's done. And then you don't have to carry that baggage around any longer. So the first obstacle, strongholds of the mind. These strongholds are distorted, faulty thinking. That's what a stronghold is. God's Word says one thing. Your mind, society, or whatever says something else that is contrary. It's faulty thinking. And it can be the stronghold in your mind that stops you from receiving from the Lord. What do I mean? I mean this. You know, we know that the Bible says that God wants us to increase more and more. And He takes pleasure in blessing us and giving us prosperity and making life better for us. But on the other hand, here we are. We've raised, been raised in a family that, you know, there's poverty on every side. That's what we've known. That's what we've experienced. And that's what, when you start getting light, what people will try to keep you down there. That's a stronghold. And you've got to break out of that. It's in your mind and you have to break out of it. And you say, I reject that and I receive from the Word of God, and I receive the truth of the Word of God, whether I understand it, whether I'm walking in it, whether I feel like it, whether I'm emotionally feeling like it, it doesn't matter. It's the Word of God, and you do not allow the obstacle of the stronghold of the mind to stop you from receiving from the Lord, receiving your destiny even in God. God has a destiny for you. But many obstacles, those strongholds, that you can never do that. God could never use you. See, you, it's a faulty thinking, and you've got to deal with it. I'm not saying mind over matter. I'm saying spiritual mind. Spiritual heart, 
the word of God, it is manna to us. It is food. It is bread to us. We accept that over what our strongholds in our minds, what we've been preconditioned, what we believe maybe for many years. I know when um, I started reading my Bible and I started seeing all these things in the Word of God and I saw that they were so contrary to what I believed in, in the truth, in the Scriptures that I was walking in. And so I had to make a decision. Do I allow that stronghold that has been in my life for years to remain? Or do I stand up and say no to that and yes to the book? Say yes to the book. That's the best thing to do. Amen. So now remember, we're talking about obstacles to answered prayer and the strongholds of the mind is the one that we're talking about now. And a stronghold of the mind is a mindset that is contrary to the word, but accepted, now listen to this, as unchangeable. I can never do anything about it. It's my lot in life. See, that is a stronghold that is in your mind. And you have to renew and update your mind to thinking the way the scripture says. Put that in. Wash it over your mind. Wash it. See, sometimes the washing of the water of the word, sometimes you just need that water of the word to get that filth and debris and everything else that's in your mind. You know, I think about people that have been caught up in pornography and perversion and things like that. You've got to have the water of the Word to wash you. You're filthy, and you've got to have the water of the Word to wash you. And you can come out of that, though. You can come out of that, and you can come out of anything that the enemy wants to put on your life, those strongholds that he wants to build up. Now... Here's a quote that I really like. A stronghold is anything that resists the will of God from being done on the earth. That's a stronghold. When there's a resistance to the Word of God being done and carried out in the earth. And you have to, you have to examine yourself for that. Now, I want us right now to look at 2 Corinthians 10.4. In the Amplified Bible, if we can look at that, it's very telling about these strongholds, all right? For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. We can't fight the battle that we're in with flesh and blood weapons. It'll get us nowhere. But they are mighty. The weapons of warfare that are God's weapons are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds, insomuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings. Have you ever encountered anybody and they want to argue with you about the Word of God? I'm not arguing with people about it. It's a done deal and I'm not listening to that. Now, I'm not talking about being unteachable. I'm talking about people that just want to reason and argue the Word of God away. That's what I'm talking about. And we lead every thought. We take every thought. That thought of poverty thinking. That thought of lack. That thought that God is through with you. That thought of destruction. Whatever it might be. You take that thought and the purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. You take that thought, you capture it, and you find out what the scripture says, 
and you update your thinking and the way that you look at things. You want to remove an obstacle to prayer? That's very, very important because we're thinking in our minds. This is the way it's been. It's unchangeable. It cannot, it cannot be another way. It's a lie. And Satan is the father of lies. And he will speak to you and he will tell you things. But what you have to do is you have to understand that God is truth. His word is truth. See, we have a problem with that today. His word is absolute truth. Well, we don't believe in absolute truth. Everything is relevant. No, absolute truth is the word of God. If he said don't lie, you don't lie. Don't kill, you don't kill. Don't commit adultery. Don't commit fornication. Oh my gosh, she's on it this morning. But if he says it, that's the truth. And you obey that. You obey that and obstacles can be moved out of the way. And you can receive answered prayers. Amen? So God's weapons overthrow strongholds. And it not only overthrow them, but destroy them. Don't accept contrary thoughts as right. You're going to have to deal with things as they come into your mind. You have to deal with them. And I know your mind at times can be just swirling, swirling. Pick one thought and start dealing with it. Pick another thought, start dealing with it. Amen? So, we refute arguments, theories, and reasonings through these spiritual weapons. These come against the true knowledge of God, the Bible. They try to counter, they try to neutralize the Word of God. But the Word of God is living, it's active, and it's powerful, and there's no devil no person, nothing that can neutralize the Word of God. It's out there and it's working. It's whether we accept it and receive it and act upon it that causes the activation to happen. You lead every thought and purpose. Listen, every thought. Lead every thought and purpose away captive into obeying Christ's commands. Now, don't mistrust the goodness of God. Now, what do I mean? The scripture tells us that he is a good God. That his mercies are new every morning. That he is for us, not against us. His goodness. He's told us if we call upon him, that he will answer us. And so we've got to put our faith and our belief in that and not mistrust what he told us. Trust Him. He is able to be trusted. Isn't it something how some people in your life, you just know you can't trust anything they say, anything they do. That's a shame. And that, you know, that's something that should be changed in someone's life. You know, but you can't do it for them. It's, you can pray for them and help them to see it. But you can't criticize them and have judgment on them and get them to change that. It won't happen. But, you know... Uh, we can know and understand that God is a good God. The Lord is good. We say it every week just about. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. I'm going to tell you something. That is the most freeing thing, one of the most freeing things that I ever understood, that God is a good God. Until you understand that, until you believe that, 
you'll never act upon it. If you think that there's a, a chance, that there's a little sliver here of a chance, that God is not a good God, that he's mad at you. If you think that, you can never, that's what I say when you mistrust the goodness of God. We've got to believe that he is a good God. And, and I tell you, when you read the Bible, if you, if you have that mindset, if you have that, that he is a good God, it helps you go through the word of God and appropriate it for yourself and believe it for yourself and understand Understand who God is and what He wants to do for you and how He wants to move in your life. So important. So very important. When I learned that, I'm telling you, it changed my life. When doubt enters your mind, stop and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal your faulty or negative thinking. Contrary things is what I'm talking about. Contrary things to the Word of God. Stop and deal with it. Then surrender your emotions that keep you from praying in faith. Your emotions are all over the place, just like mine are. But you cannot be led by your emotions. You see what God says about prayer. If you call on Him, He will answer you. He'll show you remarkable secrets. He'll show you things to come. You don't even know how to figure it out, and He'll show it to you anyway. That's what He wants to do. And any contrary thoughts to that, God won't hear me. If He doesn't hear you, then you need to get back where you need to be, and you need to deal with some things. Hopefully, we'll have a moment to talk about that. Strongholds of wrong belief are not only yours, but they can be a person that you're praying for. They have strongholds, and you need to pray for them that those strong, uh, strongholds will be broken. Believe God is good and overcome spiritual ignorance. Spiritual ignorance is so important. 2 Corinthians 2.11 talks about uh, we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. He has devices to pull us off course. He has devices to keep us in a state where we can't receive from the Lord. Now, and it says once he takes advantage of us, uh, when these devices are released because of our ignorance, he takes advantage of us. I want to be the one in God that has the advantage, don't you? I want to have the upper hand, so to speak. But here, if you fall for... Uh, the enemy's lies because of ignorance, that can't happen. Now listen, this word ignorant is in the Greek means without knowledge or understanding. You say, well, that's, you know, I can figure that out. But when you think about it connected to the Word of God because of ignorance and we don't have knowledge, Satan takes advantage over us and has a strategy. And also this word device means mind games. It has to do with mind games. He has a strategy. He has a plan. He has uh, the mind games that he wants to play with you and, and, and with your mind and, and tell lies and speak things and give us impressions and give us feelings and bring people to confirm what he said. And see, we have to know his devices. Amen. When you see his strategy in, in Matthew 18, 18, and 19, 
it says the binding, you know, whatever we bind is bound, whatever we loose is loose. When you see his strategy, bind his power and loose God's, loose his plan. Amen. Okay, and I'm going to end that there. And so we can see then we have the power to bind up the enemy when those strongholds are released into our life. We can do something about it. Now, you know, sometimes, especially when we're new Christians, and it's okay that we have people walk with us and help us. And even when I get people to pray with me, you get people to pray with you. But, you know, there are some things that as you mature in the Lord, you need to deal with in your own life. And when you see these things, when you understand what he's trying to do, corrupt your thinking, cause this stronghold um, to be there or to get stronger in your life, then you need to bind it and you need to loose God's word and find that promise and loose it into your life. Now, the second obstacle that I want to talk about to answer prayer is unforgiveness. And really, I guess what I'm going to do today, and I've just got a few minutes uh, to do this, but I guess what I would say to you today is this. Unforgiveness can sneak in upon you. It can be there and you don't even know it. Now, we don't have to be afraid of that, but what we have to do is we have to know and understand that it's the little things that spoil the vine, the little foxes, Scripture says, that spoil the vine. It's those little things that we don't give that much attention to. Now, if we got into strife with someone, most of us, we would know that that's going to be an obstacle to getting any prayers answered from the Lord. And we got to deal with that. You know, we have to deal with it. But when it's little things, you know, it's, it's like on your job. You know, there can be situations that are there. And you, you don't handle something the way that you should. You don't treat people the way that you should. Maybe you're dishonest or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. And um, it can be, you know, you get in trouble and that kind of thing. And then what happens? We get in unforgiveness. We hold a grudge. We get bitter. And, and that kind of thing. But, but you see, you have to deal with it. You have to deal with it in your family. You have to deal with the little things that are there. What do I mean? And a lot of times it's in your mind and it's not even something that you verbalize. It can be, you know, a spouse. And, you know, your spouse, they, they did something, they were insensitive, they hurt you, but you never said that to them, you never spoke it, you just kind of tucked it away like in a little envelope. And, and it really, you know, you didn't get really bad upset, but on the inside, you're holding that against them. That's the kind of things that I'm talking about. Uh, you know, when, when we deal with the obstacle of forgiveness, there, there's the blatant things, yes, but I want to zero in on little things in your life. You know, I heard this story and, and I thought it was so telling. And it, it, at first when I heard it, it sounded so unusual. But this young mother, you know, came up to a minister and they said, you know what? I had to forgive my baby. Forgive your baby? I mean, what could your baby even do? And their baby was keeping them up every night and 
couldn't sleep, and it, they were resentment was building up in them toward. Now, can you? And I can see that. You know, a mom, a young mom that's not getting sleep. You have to work. You have to do things. And see, that's the little foxes that can spoil, and those things build up in you. I, I started thinking about some things in my own life as I was preparing this, and it was amazing to me what God, these little things that God was bringing to my attention. I don't think you have to beat yourself up. I don't think you have to, you know, dig around to find something. I think when you see it and you understand it, that you deal with it. Because, you know, there are things in my life that happened a good while ago, and I didn't understand that it was unforgiveness that was in my life. But when the light of the Holy Spirit brings it, maybe I read a scripture, maybe uh, through that something came to me and I saw, I wasn't dealing with that right. I didn't deal with it right. And it may have happened, like I said, some time ago. But we do something to get it taken care of. And that is talk to the Lord about it and remove that obstacle. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, Matthew 5, 23, listen to this scripture. If you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has ought against you, leave your gift before the altar and go your way and first be reconciled to your brother. And so in the area of unforgiveness, this tells us how to deal with it. And there are times that people offend us, people do things against us, or we do things against them and we offend them. And we think we have every right to say and do what we did. But the Bible says here, that you go to them. Now, I'm going to say this. I, you know, when you preach, and I'm preaching fast, and, you know, I don't have a lot of time and that kind of thing, sometimes you feel like you can't say everything that you need to, you know, you need to say about something. I'm not talking about going to someone and confessing uh, unforgiveness to them, toward them, when they don't even have a clue, they don't know what they did, and it would just cause more problems. It's like, what? I've had people come to me and say, you know, I had to ask God to forgive me how I felt towards you because you did thus and so, and it's like, I didn't know that, and that didn't do a bit of good. So I'm not talking about that, but when there's things that are going on and everybody knows they're going on and you got to bring an end to it and you got to release things and you got to get forgiven and you got to offer forgiveness. And then this is how you do it. You go to somebody and you get it taken care of. I can tell you inside of a home, uh, you know, the, the, the mother and father and the children to each other, the mother and father, the spouses, you, you know, you need to do that. You need to talk about, I'm sorry I did that. I shouldn't have said that. I ask you to forgive me. And, you know, we're both, it's not just one-sided and one spouse only does that. No, because it's not the one spouse. I'm going to break a bubble right here. It's not the one spouse that always has the problems. It's two-sided. Two people. We're all human and we all make mistakes and we all do and say things that we shouldn't say. So there needs to be a mutual going to one another when things are said or done. Don't let that build up because that wedge or separation just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You talk about it, 
when things happen. Your children, you need to set an example of that for your children in your home. You need to share with them, this is how we deal with that. You know, I'm sorry, I did this and I said that. I ask you to forgive me. And then you teach them to do the same thing when they're in the wrong. You teach them to do it. That's very, very important. You go to people in situations that would require it. Amen? Um, I want to read out of uh, Mark eleven twenty five and 26. Okay. Mark eleven twenty five and 26. And when you stand praying, listen, we're talking about obstacles to answered prayers. And when you stand praying, what does it say do? Everybody say it. When you stand praying, well, I'm going to do that when I come out. I'm going to spend my hour and that. No, he said, when you stand praying and it comes to you, you need to release people. You need to forgive. If you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? In other words, you can stand there and do all that praying that you want to do while you're standing there. But if you do not forgive the people that have hurt you, if you, whatever, that you feel like you have, you know, a basis for it, God will not hear you. Remember, we're talking about obstacles to answered prayer. It's an obstacle. So you have to forgive. But listen to this. If you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. I don't know about you, but I need my sin forgiven. I need it forgiven. And so I want to be quick. Now, you know, there are times, you know, where it's a little more difficult, isn't it? But still, we need to swallow hard, release our faith, and do what is needed and ask for forgiveness. Extend forgiveness, whatever the case may be. So I want you to do these things when you have unforgiveness in your life. Number one, I want you to spend quality time with God. Now, why would I say that? Why would I say pull aside with God, get in your prayer closet and spend time with Him? Now, what I'm not talking about is that you got five minutes to spend with the Lord. I'm talking about where you can get alone with God. If you need to deal with unforgiveness, you can do that. But if you want to keep your life clean in this regard and keeping these obstacles moved out of the way when it comes to praying, then you need to spend time, not five minutes, but spend quality time with God. What's going to happen in there? When you come before the Lord, you worship the Lord, you, you, know, you come in, if you sing, whatever you do, you come into God's presence. But give God opportunity to impress your spirit, to impress you. You're being with the things that he needs to talk with you about. You need to stop being so unkind to your spouse. You need to treat your fellow employee better. I want you, uh, because you've been nasty and mean, I want you to buy them a gift. You need to hear things. Can you believe it? We need to be gift givers. 
Be mindful to be a blessing to someone. I'm not there, but anyway, spend quality time with God. And when you do, he'll reveal these small things with you. Now, see, if it's a huge thing, most likely, you know, if you're reading the word, you're going to know and you're going to understand that. The second thing I want you to do when you have unforgiveness, write some things down. Write some things down. Now, I want to tell you this. True confessions. I started, I was listening to someone talk, and they were a PK. Anybody know what a PK is? That's a preacher's kid. And they started sharing about how that they had unforgiveness in their heart toward the people that were in the churches that their dad pastored and their mom, of course, was there, not as a pastor, but. And it was like, it just came sweeping over me. Well, you, you've not really done that. And I knew it was the Holy Spirit talking to me about that. Now, I didn't have a bad experience, but, you know, as a child, but there were things that went on in the church and uh, with my father being the pastor and everything. And so it's just like this gentleness of the Lord. And I knew I needed to talk to God about that. I needed to release unforgiveness. And if you'd asked me that, I would have said, well, I'm not in unforgiveness. But you see what I'm talking about? These little things that when you get before the Lord and you talk to Him and then you go out and you live life, He'll have somebody say something. He'll give you a sign here. He'll do something there. And you can take care of that. We need to live clean lives. Can you say clean? Clean. So you can write them down. Then... The third thing, ask the Holy Spirit to show you offenses you have against those that you love, those people that are close to you, if, and you've got offenses against them and they don't even know it. Ask God to show you and get it taken care of. Amen. I'm out, totally out of time. I'd like to keep going here, but I've talked about the two obstacles, so that is a major thing right there. And so... I believe that God is going to take what we've talked about today to help us be better Christians for Him. Father, in the name of Jesus, take this word that we've spoken today and bring it to our remembrance. Help it to go down into our heart and renew our minds that we would live as a people that receive answered prayers and that obstacles are moved out of the way. Lord, stony hearts that don't want to allow the truths of the gospel in because of stubbornness or rebellion. I bind you in the name of Jesus and I pray for sensitive hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.